Hey there! Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the quirky podcast that brings you writing tips and life tips. I'm Sean, and with me as always is Carrie Jones, New York Times and international best-selling author and awesome woman. I'm also Sean's wife, so he has to say that. We always start our podcast with a random thought, and then we go into the writing tip and the dog tip. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy! Hey, it's random thought time, and Sean just called us a homegrown podcast, which means you're going to hear the rain in the background. Yeah. Do you know why? Most podcasters... Because I don't want to sweat. Yeah, exactly. Most podcasters sit in like their closet. Studio, soundproof. No, all right. There's two kind of podcasters. Yeah. There's the kind like the Rogans who have like a real studio where they have real money. And then there's the kind who like does it in their closet. Yeah. And Sean's too big to fit in the closet. I'm not sitting in the closet, dude. Yeah. So we're in the office and it's raining out. And so you're going to hear that rain, man. That's right. Because we're homegrown. It's just like (laughs) hanging out with us in our real house and not a soundproof thing. Talking about hanging out, I wanted to tell you about this thing. There's this bartender. Oh, that's my chair creaking. Benji Spears. Yeah. He's all viral now. And this story is from The Mirror in the UK, right? right. We'll have the link in the podcast. But like he has decided that there's this really cool way to help customers, female customers mostly, I think. And it's called an angel shot. Yeah. And so, like, when if you're a lady, yeah. like, he's got a whole system. If you're a lady, um, also, he's amazing because he's wearing a very low-cut pink tank top. Is that a tank top? I thought it was, like, a leotard type of thing. I don't know. It's hot pink. But it is low-cut. And he also has a chain. <laughs> where I like think the clasp his, is in the front. Half in this of picture. his areola is showing on one side. Yeah, he's got some big, big biceps. Anyways, so, Benji Spears... Is like this angel shot is gonna save your life, right? Yeah. He's like, so he wants all the bartenders everywhere to know about the system and every all the customers to know yeah. about it who might need it. So not any of the butt faces who might make you feel threatened, they're not supposed to know, but everybody else should know. Right. So um basically like if you ask for an angel shot with a lime, yeah, that means that you want um a cop like somebody to get a cop yeah because it's like that bad right oh, like, really? it's like bartender notify the manager <laughs> tell them to get the police the other the second one is hey can i have an angel shot neat and that means you just need someone to walk you out like to your car because you don't feel safe uh-huh. and then the third one that he came up with was an angel shot on the rocks which means Call me an Uber. Call me a taxi. I need to get home safe. Oh, well, that's good. I know. I love it. Yeah. That's a great little code system. I know. Do you actually get a shot? God, I hope so. You might as well. If you're already taking the Uber, <laughs> might as well wake up with a headache. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And like, so I think he's actually done this before for customers, you know, like to help them feel safe. And, you know, when I was in college, we had this whole safe walk system. Yeah. For people who didn't feel safe walking alone on campus. Like maybe they were leaving a party. Right. Maybe it was just super dark and they were afraid. Yeah. We'd give them a walk and an escort. And it's, you know, kind of like that, but more sneaky and in a bar. A lot of colleges do that. I think so. I mean, we started that a long time ago at my college. And Did you have to do, ever have to do it for guys? Yeah. Like, hey, 
went to this frat party and I pissed off the whole football team. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't walk home. We actually did do that for guys. And we also did it for guys who didn't do that. But sometimes, like, you know, I went to a liberal arts college and not everybody was super tough like you, babe. Right, right. And so, like, um, you know, it, it was in Lewiston, Maine. And for some people, Lewiston, Maine is scary. <laughs> I think when you come from a private school, that's not where I came from. So I never thought Lewiston, Maine was scary. But some right. of the more posh students thought Lewiston was scary sometimes. And they'd be like, I need a walk. It's 2 a.m. I'm not scared. I'm scared, man. Well, this is called There's some town in Maine. Is it? Yeah. Is Lewiston the armpit? The Lewiston Auburn area is the armpit. I of Maine. thought no, it isn't. Oh crap! It most certainly oh, man. is. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> uh, armpit up of Maine. Yeah, man. We all want to know. It's random thought uh, time. Oh, it is. Oh, uh, read it. Ah, uh, this is from Bates. And it says, it's actually from Bates. And it says you're wrong about crime in Lewiston. It says Lewiston's reputation graces a number of college search websites as well, with forum contributors return, referring to the city as the, quote, armpit of Maine and, quote, a disappointment. It's easy to extend, recognize the extent to which Lewiston has become a prisoner of its imperfect past. But the numbers speak for themselves. Okay. We don't have to get into it any further now. Dude. What? You call my, my, my college town the armpit of Maine. And was I wrong? Yes. <laughs> because it's wrong. I'm not letting the numbers speak, okay? It's like... This is human speak. You know what its rank is, according to crimes in Maine cities? Number 26. Uh, and to be fair, that was seven years ago. But number 26. Yeah. Mexico, Maine is the worst. <laughs> is that even a city? Yeah, it is. Mexico, Maine's a city. It is. It's a town. Uh, it's not a city. It's definitely not a city. You know why it's a city? Because of how the government is organized, just like Ellsworth, Maine. Uh, Maine is weird about that. You can have like 5,000 people and be a city. All right. Yeah. All right. So there. My college was not the armpit of Maine. But it was in Lewis, and it was one of the hairs. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of armpits. Yeah. This, I think, British couple, right? Yeah. Also from the Mirror, were having their lovely anniversary dinner. Is the Mirror like the UK Inquirer? I think so. Oh. They were having their anniversary <laughs> dinner, and they looked up and saw a boat go by. Yeah. And in that boat, all these people were waving enthusiastically, showing their armpits. And other bits because it was a nude cruise. That's funny. Ah. I can see, oh some of them are on deck. I was gonna yeah say, they're on deck. I was man. gonna say I can see the windows and I know you can't see any male junk. And some of, about half of the breast you probably wouldn't be able to see either because of the sag. But they'd oh, be down below the window level. Did you really just say because of the sag? <laughs> but oh, there are people on the deck out in the open <laughs> the, the mirror has a quote from John Wood who said my wife and I were having a lovely anniversary dinner at the River Exe Cafe when we caught sight of a boat full of naked people Traveling slowly. Of course they're traveling <laughs> Reaction in the restaurant was mostly of amusement and concern for their health as the wind was getting up. Luckily, that was the only thing that was. <laughs> yeah, that's real lucky, actually. <laughs> uh... Does the wind 
pose a problem with boy private parts? Well, you know, Male when you're a certain age, like in your teens, yeah, the wind can friggin' make you hard as a rock. <laughs> oh, no, now we're It's more of the chill factor. <laughs> but then as you start getting older like me, a hurricane wouldn't affect me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why is your podcast Unless explicit? I was on the right side of the eye where it was actually sucking instead of blowing. <laughs> All right. Once again, <laughs> crossing the line. Sean's crossing the line. Uh, you best. And finally, there is another lady in another article from The Mirror, Maxine Hughes. And she had that CCTV stuff that allows you to look outside your house. Uh-huh. And, uh, Camera. Okay, that. <laughs> uh, you with the technical terms. And she called a police priest. No, she called the priest, not the police priest. But yeah. I would like a police priest. She called a p- local priest because she saw something really creepy on her camera. Yeah. And it's this black figurey thing that yeah. moves from across the screen and then vanishes. Man, that still shot, that looks like a cat, doesn't it? <clears throat> it's it, like the world's biggest cat blurred out. It looks like a giant floating smoke like cat monster. Like there's the head, the ears, the body, yeah. and then the legs. Yeah. Fuzzy. And then it goes back again. Yeah, what is it? Uh, they don't know. They didn't solve it? What? I, is it just still shot? They didn't include the video? I don't know if they included the video, but people listening to the podcast can't see the video if they include it. But they can and if so, they go to the link, and I'd like and to see they, it. I will. I will that's all right. I'll give you the link, and we can all look at it later. Okay. Because right now we have a very I know exciting podcast about... I know about you're going to forget to look at that later. Writing. Ah, uh, uh, he says. Uh, writing. What? I hated English you're when I was such in school. A liar. I did. <laughs> I was never a fan of grammar. But was grammar a fan of you? (laughs) Writing tip of the pod. So this week's podcast is called Angel Shots and Writer Traps. There are certain writer traps that us writer people fall into. Yeah. As people who may hate grammar, but we still write things, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to tell everybody? Yes. Four traps we tend to fall into? We generalize. We are too abstract. We summarize. Oh my gosh. And we fail at transitions. So this one is like... Podcast is going to be about the abstractions, I think. But a lot of these negative tendencies can quite easily be fixed when you think about them and you recognize that you're doing them, right? Yeah. So scenes that we write as writers are like connected shots in a movie. Like everyone from Blake Snyder to Robert Olin Butler has said this and they're right. There's nothing new here. Like scenes. Right. When we write them in our novels or short stories, we can think of them like you know, connected shots in a movie. Right. right? So the scene is the basic element of our story. And when you're doing a scene, you want to stay in one point of view. Like, think of it like the camera lens zooming in, right? Yep, yep. So in film, the shot's similar. You can stay in one interrupted image for a shot. Or you can then hook those shots together, right? Yeah. And for filmmakers, like novelists, they use transitions. They move us from one place to another, right? So... Owen Butler defines a scene as... Would you like to say what his definition is, baby? Hell yeah. 
Unified actions occurring in a single time or place. So shots become scenes, become sequences. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to all of these. And then you have the long shots, the close-ups, the super close-ups, right? Yep. So what we do as writers is we want to use these tools as well. Like we want to think of our story as having... Close-ups, super close-ups, longer, broader shots, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we want the extreme close-up of deep point of view, but then we also want to pull back sometimes and see the world and the big picture setting, and then have, like, the middle distance where the character's interacting, right? Yeah, yeah. So, why do you think we want to do that? Interest. That's right, because it's boring if you just stay in one shot all the time. Gosh, you're so smart for someone who hates English. I am. <laughs> and if you have enough shots, you're guaranteed a good scene at the end. Yeah, man. So That was a joke all right. about alcohol. If you have drink enough shots. I got it. Okay, but you didn't laugh. Joke fail number one of the podcast. <laughs> when I write why no, it was a good joke, babe. I didn't get it at first. I was lying. I was just pretending I got it. So <laughs> when I write YA in adult genres, my first drafts are almost always deep point of view, and I have to go back in and add those wider shots and the sensory details in the setting, right? Yeah. That's just how I write that. But when I write middle grade, my first drafts are all like middle shots and long shots, and I have to go back in and do those extreme close-ups and close-ups, and that's okay. That's odd. Yeah. What you want to do as a writer is just know where you tend to lean. How do you lean, Sean? Are you a big picture abstract distancer? Are you she who is only into close-ups? He who does no, does no transitions and only blackout cuts. Yeah. Like, there's all of these traps yeah. we fall into, right? That's right. You know, it's kind of like when you look... I just realized it's kind of like when you look at somebody's Instagram. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like my Instagram. You're yeah. like, oh, well, every single picture there is a, dog. Is a close up of a dog. Yeah. Like, there's no variance there. Like, there's no, like, hey, doggy in nature. You don't or, have any scenics on your Insta? I did. I, I noticed this about my Instagram last week, but I didn't put it in the context of this blog post, I yeah. mean, this podcast. And I was like, oh my God. I think almost everybody's Insta is probably theme heavy. Yeah. Like food or Yeah, but it's not even just the food. You know, it's like the kind of shot that you're putting out there. Like all my pictures are like close-up of dogs and cats, right. but never any middle shots. Uh, not a very few middle shots or distant shots of those same animals. Well, that's because you don't get the full effect of their beauty. I don't know what it is. But I think even as a newspaper photographer, I was like that. I was much more into the close-up than the... Distance right. with a middle shot. Right. Anyways, so just like you don't even have to be a writer to learn from this. Like you can think, oh, I do this on my Instagram, or oh, I do this on my TikTok. Every TikTok I put, I put out there, you see tons of people, and they're always like just their face in the screen, or tons of people who it's like boobs up, right. or you know what I mean, or every TikTok other people do it's like full body dancing and it's never like they don't mix it up it's yeah. interesting to me how we get into these patterns I think facial like close ups are how you get your best reads your best emotional like let's, let's say it's like a sports an athlete and they make an, a miraculous catch you don't want to see the ball entering their hands yes you do but you want to see I would rather see that that 
face they're making as they're concentrating so hard on so many different things at once and it's like a combination between an O face and a pain <laughs> face and it's like their lips all curled up on one side. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, the best shot is when you can get the ball in motion and their face. Oh yeah. As a former sports reporter sure. photographer. Like that's that what they always wanted great. us to get. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Well that's it's also, we all have our different views of what we like the best. Right. right. That's so right. if your reader really likes deep point of view scenes and you never give it to them, you're going to make that reader sad. So oh, I agree. All right. No, I wasn't saying you should always do close-up scenes. I was just saying in pictures, I like that. So, anyways, going back to our point, you want to layer in the different elements that you don't tend to have and use that for effect. Yeah. Layer in the different kinds of shots. Layer in the different kinds of transitions, you know? Yeah. When you don't do this, you risk one of two things. If you're a big picture writer with that long distance point of view, you risk never showing intimacy or immediacy and never getting the reader to feel connected to your main character. And if you're an extreme close-up writer, what do you risk? You risk never showing the reader that bigger world or big picture. And sometimes your story can lack setting, so it's all just talking heads and interior monologue. So don't be afraid to mix it up when it comes for transitions, too. Like, though, transitions are basically the movements between scenes. Sometimes they're big cuts and scene breaks and chapter breaks. Sometimes they're softer and gentler transitional words like... A week later. Or whatever. At the same time. Afterwards. For two weeks, days, or minutes. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. At night. The next day, the next night, for a month, I <laughs> cried into the days. phone. In Wait, the do morning, that one. That one's funny. For a month, I cried into the phone. I like that one. In the morning, when the sun rose, when the sun set, the following Monday night morning, months passed, weeks passed, when we got back to the office, when they got back home. Whew. As the near, as he neared the as they near the oh, yeah, date man. site. That's a typo. So then there are also the phrases that show us a change in location that we can use for a transition, such as they boarded the train down the street up the, to the third floor of the office over by the water cooler back by the living room. The motorcycle was situated. She ran fast through the dark alley in the hall of the hospital outside on my front lawn. Okay. So you read faster than I did. I what did. you do? You want to know why? Because I was thinking in my, my brain, you know how you play, oh, Auto-correct your next text message and see what it comes out to be on your phone, right? Yeah. Not auto-correct, but insert. So I was thinking, start at the top of this list and try to make your way all the way to the bottom using every one of those phrases in a quick erotic story. Why were you thinking that? Because of the ones you had. And then especially out on my front lawn. Oh, my Lord. In the hall of the hospital. <laughs> she ran through the dark yeah. alley. Up on, over by the water cooler. Oh, up my God. The floor There's office. something so wrong with you. <laughs> See? It could be fun. <laughs> All right. So sometimes, though, getting back to our point and away from Sean's erotic fun, us writers tell our readers too much. And it ends up sounding like script or stage directions. Those are things that slow the narrative down and just read a bit awkward or stilted. It could be a sentence like... When I arrived at the elevator to go up to the office on the fourth floor... I to pushed, have sex, apparently. Stop. I was going <laughs> to... I pushed the button to close the door and wrote it to the floor. 
I didn't realize that was so cool when I wrote it. Yeah, when I arrived at the elevator to go to the office on the fourth floor, the doors opened and a naked lady okay, lay no, inside. Come on, come on, Shani. I pushed the button Shani, and closed the door Shani. and wrote it to the floor. Mm. Or they drove to the restaurant and waited in line for their table. <laughs> and she hummed a little bit. Is humming a sex word? A hummer. Give me. I got a hummer from her. Like that. It's a blowjob. A hummer. <gasps> so while they were waiting. put an explicit label on this one. While they were waiting, she hummed a little we bit. We might as well swear by that. Like now it's like all over. What? Sexual innuendos? That's explicit? I didn't I say so. any bad words. I know. You said Like blow body job. parts. So? All right. So instead, you just wanted the transition to get us there into the juicy part of the Wow, you wrote this whole thing for me. <laughs> so I mean, here's an example. 20 minutes later, they were sitting at their table oh, playing footsie under the fancy <laughs> white linen tablecloth when the giant hedgehog with a man bun stormed through the wooden doors and said, what are you doing with my wife in a restaurant? <laughs> She hasn't hummed for you yet, has she? Okay, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) So places like this are bad examples. Like, these bad examples are not really needed because it doesn't add to the story, it doesn't add to the character, and it's unnecessary information. (laughs) You really only want things in your story that... Show your character's interstate (laughs) characterization choices. Move the plot forward. Set the reader in the moment. So... Our writing tip of the pod. Mix it up. Man, you know, go Mix to your up. anniversary by a nudist. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, anniversary dinner. <laughs> or go to for Angel he- Hedonism in Jamaica for your anniversary. I don't know what that is, but we're going to That's the, like, this all-inclusive adults-only club. Is it Swingers? It's, that's the that's the innuendo, but I don't know if it's true. Swingers. <laughs> You ready to play our word game? Yeah. Okay. You, you started already. Gold <laughs> tip for life. Don't stop. We're homegrown, remember? We are so But you didn't today. give me a chance to stop the Sparty. <laughs> Sparty doesn't have a lot to say, man. I know. They're both sleeping because it's raining. And because you embarrass them with all your sex talk. Yeah. Don't try to look up my skirt. Oh, my God. You just said that out loud. Oh, come on, Johnny. What? I'm trying to be a professional. Are you? A little bit. Oh, I'm so sorry. You might want to delete this. (laughs) (laughs) So, according to you, Sparty said don't be boring, which... See, I wasn't being boring. You weren't being being boring. boring. You weren't being boring. But you know how many writing, like... Clients, I probably just lost if they are listening to this right Why? now. Because you're not. You're, I'm not there. I think I'm my not. brand is kind of goody goody, honey. What? Yeah. Really? I am. Uh, uptight goody goody from New England. That's what you purport yourself to be. That's what I am. <laughs> and yeah, maybe that's a little but boring. You know what? Doors. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just had an epiphany. What's your epiphany? All right. So you're supposed to embrace how you're different in order to stand out from a crowd in marketing, right? Okay. And so maybe I should just embrace the fact that I don't sound like I'm from, went to Cambridge and was on NPR. And maybe I should just embrace the fact that I'm weird as heck and I laugh like a horse sometimes. And I've been telling that you that for years. I know, too. but I finally got it. 
And you never laugh like a horse. Well, that's a witch. Sometimes. sometimes I cackle like <laughs> a witch, and occasionally I will snort. You don't neigh. But I never it's neigh. A <laughs> See? Yeah, but so that's there it. Is. That's a dog tip for life, man. Don't be boring. Don't be boring. Just be you. And you're going to stand out and find your people eventually, even if you lose them all right now. And be a little more discreet than I am if you're trying to look up for <laughs> Yeah, way more discreet. <laughs> hey there. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your time. Um, the music we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is made available through the Creative Commons. Um, there's a link on our podcast notes, and the artist and song is Summer Spliff by Broke for Free. And we have a new podcast. This, we're like 23 episodes into it now. <laughs> Loving the Strange, which we stream live on Carrie's Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn on Fridays. Her Facebook and Twitter handles are all Carrie Jones books or... Carrie Jones book. Yeah, and all the resources from this episode, as always, are at carriejonesbooks.blog. And I have new books out, and I'm teaching some classes at the Raining Barn. So if you want to hang out more with us, you know, just head on over to the carriejonesbooks.blog and we'll hook you. Chill. Well, chill, man. Hey, don't forget to like, subscribe, and uh, what's the other thing? Share. Share. Ooh, that's an important one. Like, subscribe, share, and love each other. Love each other. Love your way through it. Peace. Peace. (laughs)